Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. So excited for today. How are we feeling out there about the Super Bowl today? Come on, who's excited about it? Who's got the Eagles winning? Come on, let me hear you. Okay, who's got the Chiefs winning? Okay. All of you should be joining me today in what I'm doing. If you don't care about the Super Bowl, our daughter has a dance competition. Kickoff's at 5.30. She goes on stage at 5.18. And everyone I tell that to is like, do they not know? I'm like, I really don't think they do. And I don't think that they care at all. So uh, I'll be there gladly supporting my girl. as she, And I'll be recording the game. But I'm going for the Eagles. I, I'm a big Jalen Hurts guy. I think he's fun. Uh, but I really don't care. It's not the Titans. That's all I know. And uh, I'm a little bummed about that. But I'm excited. I'm ex- I always love, uh, I, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I always love the halftime shows. I think they're fun to watch. I love seeing the, I like looking on my phone at Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and seeing the world react in real time. That's crazy. That happens. I always love that. I love the national anthem. Who Chris Stapleton, I think he's doing the national That's my man right there now. Listen. I like me some, the dude's got some pipes. At least tune in for the national anthem. It's going to be great, I promise you. Uh, But he's awesome. I'm so excited for today, though. Um, We get to continue our series of seeds. How many of y'all have liked seeds so far? Come on, be honest, raise your hand. Listen, I'm not saying this is toot our horn, uh, but I hope, I I hope that you've been receiving what we've been teaching. I hope you've been doing the book on your own. If you're not in a group, if you're not in a group, get in a group. Um, And if you're not in a group, get in a group. If you're not in a group, though, I think you should get in a group. Come on, can somebody, our groups people right here, come on, let me hear you. If you lead a group, come on, get in a group. It's the best thing you can do. But if you're not in a group, you can get in a group. All right, so uh, you need to get in a group if you're not in a group. But if you're not in a group and you've been doing the book on your own, I hope it's been going well. It goes even better if you get in a group though. So you should get in a group if you're not in a group because it's the best thing for you. I promise you, the church has been growing in groups for 2,000 years. It works. And it doesn't work just to grow a church. I'm not worried about growing the church. I'm worried about you growing. And if you can grow, I promise you, your life is going to change. So get in a group. If you're not in a group, you should get in a group. All right? What should y'all do if you're not in a group? Thank you. Okay. I hope I made that pretty clear. Uh, But I want to encourage you because we see what God's doing in your life through this so far. I see your marriage is getting better. I see you becoming better parents. Uh, I, I see you becoming healthier, emotionally, spiritually, physically. I see you putting this into practice. And so even if you don't see the little sprout poking up above the soil right now, uh, keep getting after it. All right? Keep getting after it. I was uh, at the Tay's house yesterday, and they have like a UV lamp with a bunch of plants that Sadie was writing articles about. Um, and I saw a bunch of little sprouts coming out and I just, I feel like that's us, not just as a church, but as people, individuals in the church, like we're all just a bunch of people that have little sprouts. Some of us might be a little bit bigger than others, but some, most of us in the areas that we're wanting to change, it's just little sprouts right now. And I love seeing it, but here's what I know. This has nothing to do with the message. Okay. Uh, but here's what I know about sprouts is that you got to protect them when they're like that. They're so delicate. And it's so easy to get sidetracked. It's so easy to let the enemy come and take what's been growing in your life. But what he wants to do, and what God wants to do, is he wants to grow that into a tree that bears fruit that other people can take from. And so if you're a little sprout right now, protect it. Keep it, just do a little weeding. Protect, don't let the enemy get to it because it's so, so important. Okay, so this week... We're going to talk about something that I've been passionate about for about a year, a year and a half or so, and I'm so excited about this message. It's titled, Three Questions to Ask About Sowing 
and reaping. All right, we did a whole message on this last year, and we're gonna kind of dive into the weeds of it a little bit more, but three questions that we all ask when it comes to sowing and reaping. And uh, we've been doing this series, and this series isn't so much about what you can get as much as it is about you participating in the way that God works already. And so we've been doing this series, and we've been trying to teach you, like, hey, this is how God works. God starts small. We want the big, right? But God starts small. And so if God starts small, we need to plant our seed and be looking for the small things and what God is doing because those small things turn into big things. I just want to teach you how to participate in the way that God's kingdom works. And the way that God's kingdom works is different than the way we want it to work a lot of times. And so we want to teach you how God works. And, and some of you might be thinking, well, man, this sounds like a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And let me tell you, you've been doing a lot of work maybe in the wrong areas and you've been seeing a lot of harvest in the wrong areas because you've been working so hard in those bad areas. I wanna teach you how to work the good stuff so you can get the good fruit in your life. And so we, we see that the Bible, Jesus is referred to as a seed. His Bible is referred to as a seed and it's up to us to prepare the soil. I mean, we're gonna plant those good seeds of Jesus in the Bible into good soil. And after we do that, we wait. And we keep working the soil. We keep watering. We keep putting it in the right environment. And it takes time, right? It takes time for the seed to start sprouting. And sometimes it takes a lot of time. How many of y'all like instant gratification? Come on, somebody, right? I am with you. I'm the most impulsive person in this room. Kevin and I were out of town this week. And I just, when I'm driving the car and I see a cone, I'm like, I just want to run into that cone sometimes. I don't know why. I'm just impulsive. I think it's fun. And, uh, and I have to understand that life doesn't work that way. Eating one good healthy meal does not make you lose 100 pounds. We want it to. That's just not the way life works. One date night doesn't fix your marriage. Doing one fun thing with your kid does not make them really connect with you on a deep level. It takes time. We're never going to sow. We're never going to reap in the same season that we sow. And so today we're really going to talk about these things. Here's what the Bible says. Well, actually, before we get here, how many of y'all love harvest time though? Right? Like you love the harvest now. You like it when you plant your garden and it starts to grow. What kind of stuff y'all grow in your garden, Kev? Oh, how good does it feel when that tomato is just plump? I hate tomatoes, but it's fun. <laughs> or you get a pepper or you get a zucchini or something like that. You get a cucumber, you can make some pickles because nobody likes cucumbers without them being pickles, right? Like, and so you, you start getting this stuff, it's fun. We like the harvest. We like the breakthroughs. We like the miracles. We like the job promotions. We like it when our kids finally get it, right? And whenever your kids get it, would you tell me how you made it happen, please, by the way? I need to figure this thing out. I don't know how to make that happen yet, but, but we like the harvest. But this Bible verse that we're going to read is going to teach us something about the harvest. Here's what it says, Galatians 6, 7. It says, do not be deceived. God can't be mocked. Here's how God works. And look, you can't change this. God can't be mocked. A man reaps, or woman, reaps what he or she sows. In light of this passage, we should understand that we shouldn't judge each day based on what we reap, but we need to think more about what we sow because you will reap what you sow. You will reap, y'all say reap, what you sow. You will reap what you sow. So I want you to take your Bibles today. I want you to turn to Mark chapter four, starting in 26. If you got a Bible, get it out. Let me hear the page. I hear a page turning right now. I like it. And if you don't get your app out, all right, get the phone out. Follow along with us today. Mark four, chapter 20 or chapter four, starting in verse 26. And we're going to see another parable that Jesus is teaching. And it all has to do with the seed. Uh, we've been doing this series and uh, uh, tree and seeds are the number three most popular uh, now or adjectives or nouns in the Bible. What's the nouns? There we go. I don't teach our kids. She does. All right. Uh, but it's the most, it's the third most used noun in all of scripture are seeds and trees. And so it's really important. It's all throughout there. Jesus talked about it a lot. And so Jesus is talking about a farmer and he's trying to teach us the technique that we need to use if we're going to partner with God's kingdom. All right. So he's talking about a farmer and he said this, he says, the kingdom of God is like, all right. So Jesus is teaching us how the kingdom of God works, how God's economy works. This is how the kingdom works. And I just want to tell you, this is not karma. 
There's a, there's a new age philosophy out there that, that says, if I do good, I'll get good, right? Like if I just do good, the universe will somehow make it good. That's this new age thing that's going on. And Jesus is not teaching about that, by the way. And you're going to hear this and you go, well, that sounds like it's not like that at all. There's actually a really big difference in what karma teaches, what new age uh, kind of beliefs teach and what God actually teaches in his Bible. And uh, he's teaching us that there's a kingdom agenda from God. God has an agenda with his kingdom and he's trying to teach us how this works so that we can tap into that so that we can actually lay down our agenda and pick up the agenda that God has for us. And by the way, if you're only going to sow so that you can reap, it's an unsustainable model. You're not going to like it. I just want to tell you, if you're only sowing things so that you can reap things later, it's not sustainable. You're going to hate it. Why? Because there's a process. And a lot of times the process isn't fun. And when you're so focused on the fruit and you're, you're so focused on the harvest, you're so focused on what you're going to reap and, and you're not focused on the seed, you're going to be disappointed. Because you're going to be uh, so frustrated when things aren't growing in the timing that you have. So we can't just sow so that we can reap. If you're doing that, it's not going to work and you're going to want to quit. But there's a king who has a kingdom. And when we're partnering with the king and we do what he wants, it's like this. So he said, there, this is what the kingdom of God like. A man, a farmer, he scatters seeds on the ground. Now, farmers, they would reach into a bag and they would scatter seeds where they plowed some ground. And there were farmers that believed in God and there were farmers in this time that were pagans and they didn't believe in God. But all of them had something in common is all of them would get a little religious all the time. Why? Because they understood that there was things that had to happen that were out of their control to make the seed grow. Like there was some weather that needed to happen. There was some rain that needed to happen, right? Like uh, there were certain things that had to take place that were out of their control in order for their crops to grow. So even if they didn't believe in God, they, they still would believe in a God of some sort because they knew that they could do everything that they could do, but unless something else intervened, they could never see this seed grow. And so a, a farmer, he would scatter seeds on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he doesn't know how. He doesn't know how it grows, right? Like uh, he, he does the planting, he does his part, he does the sowing, but there's this idea. Look at the next phrase. All by itself, the soil produces grain. And the, the original language, that word is automatos. Y'all say automatos. Very, look at you, learning Greek at church. Come on, somebody, that's really good. Uh, that's where we get the word automatically, automatos. That's where we get automatically. There's something that's outside of the farmer that causes the seed to automatically grow, automatically grow. And watch this. All by itself, soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. Now notice this. There's a process. We don't like this, but there's a process. You don't go from a seed to a tree. No, you plant the seed. The seed takes root. It goes down. It then begins to sprout up. Then it turns into a little sapling, right? And, and then I don't know what the right, any plant moms in here can help me out. They, they turn into something else and then they are a baby tree, right? And then they grow and then they get bigger and bigger. There's a process here. And the same is true for your life. There's a process for you to follow. There's a process for you to follow. You have to get these things spiritually. You have to understand the spiritual process before you can start seeing it in the natural. It happens in the supernatural, in the spiritual first, and then it happens in the natural. And it ends by saying this, as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. And so we're going to kind of talk about this idea of planting or sowing and reaping. How do we get to the harvest? All right, we, we're going to plant seeds. How do we get to the harvest? It says this in 1 Corinthians, I planted the seed. Apollo watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things 
grow. And so I want to be sure that you understand the process. And then I'm going to ask us, I'm going to, I'm going to give you three questions that we kind of all ask when it comes to sowing and reaping. Even if you don't realize you've asked them before, you've probably wondered this stuff before. Uh, and, but I want you to understand the process of sowing and reaping. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Come on, I want to believe you. Are you ready? Okay, we're ready. Here we go. All right, we got to wake up a little bit. Y'all got to stay up a little late and watch the Super Bowl now. I need just some energy now. All right, let's, let's get it going. All right, the first thing that we're going to talk about is this, is seeds not sown don't grow. Seeds that aren't sown, they don't grow. It might be a great seed, but it won't grow if it's in the bag. You know what I'm saying? Like if you leave it in that environment, nothing is going to happen. It's got to be planted, all right? Seeds don't grow if they're not sown. Second thing, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Another way of saying that is you reap the same kind that you sow. You plant an apple seed, you get an apple tree. You plant a cucumber seed, you get a cucumber plant or tree. I don't know what they grow on, but they, they, you get cucumbers. You plant orange seed, you're going to get an orange. You, you reap what you sow. You, you, you plant disunity, you're going to get it. You plant generosity, you're going to get it. You plant kindness, you're going to get it. You have things planted in your life. From other people, you're going to reap that harvest. We're going to talk about that in a second. Here's another one. So you, uh, seeds not sown don't grow. You reap what you sow. You reap later than you sow. Gosh, I hate that one. That one's a bad one. I don't, don't shoot the messenger. But listen, it takes time. You reap what you sow. You reap later than you sow. You reap in a different season than when you sow. We don't like that because we want the kingdom of God to work a different way. We want to, we want to reap and then immediately go into harvest. That's not how God works. That's not how the things of God works. It takes time. We like instant. But you know what's interesting is the people that understand that concept that we're going to grow later, something's going to come later, they actually grow faster than the people that get frustrated when it takes time for something to grow. Because the people that are, get frustrated when it takes time when something grows are the people that give up. But the people that understand that this takes some time, they actually see a harvest much, 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 much faster than the people that want to give up. Um, but we like instant. Uh, we can't even wait for a coffee maker to make coffee like it did back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Like we got, how many of y'all got a little Keurig with a pod? Y'all settle for bad coffee. All right. I'm just going to tell you right now. Huh? Yeah. It, it's better if you get it the, the, the right way, but we can't wait. We're going to put the little thing in there. It's going to make the doo-doo sounds and it's going to come out and it's all gross and, and nasty. It tastes like water anyway. Right. But, but that's what we want. We can't wait a few minutes to have a coffee maker actually make the coffee, right? Or like a, a French press. It takes five minutes, by the way, guys, it's not that bad, but we want instant. We have to have it now, but the better coffee takes longer. You know what I'm saying? All right, here's the next one. You generally reap more than you sow. Not always, all right? But generally speaking, you do. When you plant one bean seed, you don't get one bean seed back. No, you get a whole plant that's full of a bunch of stalks that have a bunch of beans in it. You're gonna reap more than you sow. Those of you that are uh, sticking with us, right? Uh, and working really hard and partnering with God, I wanna encourage you, you need to look up and see how far you've come, by the way you're harvesting more than what you've really planted. So if you're new and maybe you're new again to church and you're back, you're doing the things of God and you're new again, like I wanna encourage you just to stop and appreciate where you are because most likely you've sown a seed and you're reaping more than what you planted and it's okay to enjoy that. In fact, in Ecclesiastes, it tells us that when we enjoy the fruits of our labor, it's godly. Enjoy it, just enjoy it, it's not selfish. Enjoy it. Man, I've had to learn. You know what I love about our church, by the way? And we didn't have this for a little while is when I have to force you guys to come in here when the service starts, right? I'm like, hey, we're starting, let's go, you know? But I, before I do that, I will sit and watch and I will watch you guys talking to each other and hanging out, sharing life with each other, drinking coffee together, catching up. Like that to me is enjoying fruits of, of our labor, of going 
this is what church is. And I love it, right? But I, I love that. So just enjoy it. All right. So now here's where uh, we're going to talk about, about another uh, principle here. And here's what makes this not karma. All right. So this isn't, I get, I so good so I can get good. The universe doesn't give a crap about what you're doing, by the way. I just want to let you know that. Uh, but sometimes you reap where you did not sow. Now think about this for a second. Sometimes you reap where you did not sow. God is so good. He loves you so much that he allows you to reap a harvest of seeds that you did not plant. Like the, the, the prayers that your grandmother has been praying over you for years and you're finally in church, you're, you're starting to become more godly, you're reaping the harvest of seeds that your granny planted. Like sometimes you're gonna reap in areas that you didn't sow because God is so good. That's what makes this not karma. God's a good God. He's a perfect father. He wants the best for you. He wants to give you the world, all right? I believe that with my whole heart. And he allows us sometimes to reap a harvest that we didn't even sow. It says this in John 4, 8. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their, of their labor. Come on, how many people are excited that you get to reap something that you didn't sow because God loves you so much? Come on, am I the only one? Come on, I'm excited about that. Thank you, God. When we come into this community, by the way, that uh, there's not many people in this community that have never heard of Jesus we're reaping the benefits of people that have gone before us, church leaders that have gone before us, other believers that have gone before us for generations and generations and generations. And we're getting to see a harvest of stuff that they've planted in you. And now our church gets to receive that harvest. That's amazing. And I'm so grateful for that. But you cannot bank on that strategy, by the way. I just want to let you know that I wouldn't hang my hat on that strategy because this principle still applies that you will reap what you sow, right? We have a culture that thinks that you can just keep reaping without producing. We're obsessed with eating from somebody else's field, right? Like how many of y'all went to college in here? Come on, all the uppity people, raise your hand. How many educated people? Come on, I did not go to college, all right? Uh, but raise your hand if you did, all right? I, I wanna know. And did you, and how many people that went to college ever did a group project? Y'all know where I'm going. You know what I'm saying. How many of you people always had the person in your group project that didn't do a daggum thing, but he got the same grade you did, right? Because he moots off of everybody else. Y'all know who I'm talking about? And it's typically dudes. I'll, 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 Harrison did this, didn't you? Man. <laughs> We're going to have to have a conversation after this. I'm joking. Right? But, but they didn't want to do the work, but they wanted to get the A+. That doesn't work in God's kingdom, by the way. Sometimes God is great, and you'll get to reap that. But most of the time, you have to sow what you want to reap. Does that make sense? Come on. And we have a whole culture like that. But we need to understand that we're in this together. Like, what would happen if we were all sowing the seeds? And we were all reaping the benefits of the things of God. Like, man, uh, some of us, we need to just get a shovel right now and quit mooching off someone else's harvest and start planting your own. Grab, get to work, you know, and let's do something. And I'm so thankful that despite my stubbornness, she didn't say amen, thank you. My stubbornness, my stupidity, he still lets us reap sometimes what we don't sow. I love that. I, I, I actually want to do something that might make these people feel uncomfortable, and I want to ask your forgiveness now, all right? So can everybody just collectively say, I forgive you, Pastor Clint? I forgive you. All right, who's nervous right now? All right. I want to take some time to honor people in this room that have been sewing for years, and they've been sewing into what matters for years. And I actually got to have a conversation uh, with one of these people yesterday for a while. And I want to take a second. I want to honor Gerald and Susan right here. All right, go raise your hand for a second. Come on. Uh, this is Sadie's parents. And how many do you have eight kids? God bless you. All right. I just want to tell you right now, y'all are crazy, but God bless you. All right. Um, I want to take some time to honor them. And at our church, we honor people that are doing this. We honor 
church planners. Uh, how many of y'all have ever experienced us giving something to church planners before? It's because we believe in sowing financially into things, by the way, where other people are sowing seed. And I like, I, I, I look for sowers and I want to sow seed into them. And uh, I, I want to honor them for a second because they work for Awana. How many of y'all grew up going to Awana? back in the day. It still is happening, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you know that, but Newsflash is still happening. And uh, they're doing amazing work. And what they do is they teach kids to love the Word of God. And they teach kids the truths of God's Word. And let me tell you, if they're not going to learn it from God's Word, they're going to learn it from someone else. And so Awana's all about getting to them first. Me and Kevin just went to conference. That's all it was about. Like, they get to these kids first. And so uh, they used to work with 300 churches, just them, 300 churches that do Awana and that do this. Now, thank God, they hired someone else, and now they, they only have 150 to, that you get to look after. But um, they look after uh, northern East Tennessee and some, you said, into Western Carolina, North Carolina? Oh, a little bit into Middle Tennessee. Okay. So they, they work with 150 churches right now. And, uh, and they're also missionaries. So they, they raise their support every year to do this. And they, they, they bank on people sowing seed into them so that they can do the work of God. And so I just want to take a second and thank you for everything that you guys have done, uh, for the hundreds and thousands and thousands of kids that you've impacted because you decided to say yes. And I want to let you know God's going to take care of you, and he's going to supply every need just like he's been doing for years. And what we're going to do as a church right now is we're actually going to cover this month's deficit for you guys uh, in your giving, and we're going to do that. We're going to sow that seed into you because we believe in what you're doing. Come on, give God a hand, everybody. We love you, completely support everything that you do. And what is amazing is that these people are all about the seed. Now, do they love seeing the fruit of their labor? Absolutely. But they'll never, you'll, you'll never know the fruit that is growing because of the seeds that you planted and took it to heaven one day. And, uh, and I love investing into people that are doing that. So we honor you today and uh, we just want to bless you today. So uh, y'all give them one more hand. I think that's awesome. Gerald and Susan, and they raised eight children. My gosh. Um, but it's so important for us to understand this because this is the point. And I, I want y'all to lean in right here. Don't miss this. If you don't like the harvest you're seeing in your life, then sow something different. This principle applies to everything about your life. If you don't like the harvest you're seeing, then you need to sow something different because you are reaping what you are sowing. You are reaping what you have sowed. And the point of all this is, is I want you to think about just, I want you to think about one area of your life right now that you don't like the harvest in. So just think about it, just one area. It could be your health. It could be your marriage, it could be your attitude, it could be your finances, it doesn't have to be super spiritual, okay? Just think about any area in your life where you don't like the harvest that you're seeing. And I want you to think, what would your life look like if you just, in that one area, decided to sow something different starting today? Like, what will that look like? Because the Bible teaches us you will reap what you sow. So if you don't like the harvest, change what you're sowing. And think about just one area, like, okay, this one, well, how can I sow something different in this one area? Think about what your life can look like in a year, in six months, in 30 days, if you decided, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change what I'm sowing in this area of my life. So here's three questions about sowing and reaping that I want us to think about together, okay? The first question is this, why do people know it? They know this principle, but they don't do it, right? Like that might be some of you in here. Like you know this principle. You've seen it taught in the Bible. You've read it a thousand times in the Bible and you still don't do it. Like some people know this, but if they know it, then why aren't they doing it, right? Like what is the deal here? And, um, and, and if I, I wanna encourage you, if you don't know this principle and this is the first you're learning of it, you're the best, okay? You're like in the best scenario right now because you can just start and your life can just start looking different. But for some of us, like we know this principle and we haven't been doing it. And so we have to unlearn stuff. So if you don't know this and you're new to church and you're new to this whole thing, I'm so happy you're here because you're learning something that all of us wish we could go back and change in our life. So 
If that's you, start sowing now and, and start fresh and you're going to be great. But for some of you, uh, you, you don't do it even though you know it. And here's why. It's contrary to our human nature to do this. Uh, but uh, it, it's, it's a powerful principle in the Bible, but this principle goes against selfishness. It goes against self-protection. Uh, but, in, but in the kingdom of God, uh, we can trust this principle is true. Uh, there's actually a parable that Jesus teaches in the Bible where he gives three guys different amounts of money. He gives one guy, let's say he gives one guy uh, 500 bucks, he gives one guy like 200 bucks, and he gives one guy like $10, okay? Let's just, this is not the true measurements in the Bible, but just go with me for a second, okay? And the master, this Jesus is telling this parable, the master goes away and he gives this money to these people based on their ability to get a return, he gives them like, so if they could get more return, he gives them more money and he, he based how much he gives them based off what he thinks they can do. And so the first two that got $500 and $200 or whatever I said, like they turn their money and they double it. They each double what the, the master gave them. Um, and, and whenever the master returns, they said, I doubled your money, master. And he looks at him and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because I trust you with little, I'm going to be able to give you more now, right? Like, and that's what we want God to say to us. We want God to look at us and say, well done, my good and faithful, my good and faithful servant, right? But pay attention to the last guy. The last guy was a moron. All right, I just want to tell you right now, it wasn't smart. He took his $10 and he found a field and he buried the money in the ground. And we think of that and go, my grandma did that in our front yard, right? Like they didn't, they didn't trust the banks, all right? They didn't trust the banks, but they, no, but he buried the money in the ground. And he gave it back to the master and here's what he says. He said, then the man who received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man. Master, I, I knew you were a hard man. And then it goes on and he says, so I was afraid. I was afraid. So I actually went out and hid your gold in the ground. So here's what belongs to you. And the one mistake this guy made is he had a poor view of who the master was. It wasn't an accurate picture of who the master was. And some of us, we make the same mistake. We think God is here to take something from us. And so it's hard for us to sow into the things of God because we have a, a, a bad view of who God is. And so we don't want to sow our finances into the things of God. Because maybe you've been taught something that wasn't great a good theology or anything like that. And so you're a little gun shy and you have this bad view of God. And so you're fearful of sowing the right things into the right places. But I want to tell you something that God is a God of abundance. He has, the Bible says he has the, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That, that's like the, the old school way of saying, my man's got some deep pockets. All right. Like he, you ain't going to, you're never going to outgive God. You're never going to out sow what God can like harvest in your life. So we have the wrong view of God. And I want to tell somebody something today is that God will always meet you when you step out in faith. Even if you take the wrong step, if you do it with the right heart and the right attitude and you want to do it to honor and please God, he'll always meet you there. Like he, he always honors obedience. He always honors a heart. He's a loving God. Like God's not looking at you going, oh, and now he, he was a little generous at church this week, but he should have, he should have given some, no, he's going, thank you. Like you're starting to get it right. Like he's a perfect father. He's always going to meet you whenever you step out. So that's the first question we ask is why do people that know it not do it? The second question we're going to look at, we're going to camp out here for just a second is, but how does this principle of sowing and reaping affect my everyday life? Like how does this affect everything in my life. And so I want to give you, I want to look at a couple areas of our lives here. And I want to look at the common seeds that we most likely are sowing in here. And I want to look at those versus what the word of God says, the seed we should be sowing. So we're going to look at common seeds of what the world tells us that we need to sow versus what God's word tells us to sow. The first area we're going to look at is talent. Y'all say talent. talent. Now listen, here's the common seed that we sow. We hear this all the time. No one recognizes me for what I can do. That's the common seed we sow, right? So we live in a world that's obsessed with being recognized for their talents. Think about your, your job for a second. You're like, my boss needs to know what I'm doing here because I, I, I need a raise, right? Like I need, my boss needs to understand how hard I work. And I'd, like, I'm really good. They couldn't do this without me. 
Like, I've been here for 30 years. Like, they can't do this. We are obsessed with people recognizing what we can do. We've built whole reality shows off this. Our social media feeds are filled with people that are self-promoting, right? They're self-promoting their talents to you. But God's word says this, be who God created you to be. That's a seed we need to sow. Be who God created you to be. It says this in Ephesians 2. For we are God's masterpiece. He, uh, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So he's created you. He's given you giftings. He's given you abilities so that you can do what he's planned for you. And so it doesn't say that we need to do everything. No, it says that we need to do the things that he planned for us to do. And when we do that, we don't need to be recognized because he gets all the credit. And that's the seed that he wants to sow. Uh, so if you're a student in here, I want you to listen to me. If you're a young adult in here, if you're under the age of 30, I want you to listen to me, okay? We have been stuck in this, uh, our culture is obsessed with like, I'm just, I'm, if I'm not good at this, I just don't want to serve here and I'm not really feeling fulfilled and I just want to be, and you're, you're living in this self-indulged world when God would do so much more in your life if you just served with the right heart and you did things that God's called you to do, okay? Don't worry about living in your passion uh, and all this stuff that the world feeds you all the time. How about you live into what God wants you to do? Okay. Let's be passionate about doing what God calls us to do. Even if we don't like it, come on, get someone in my preaching somebody right now. I mean, and here's what I love. I love that we have people like Harrison and Kevin and Cecil, my dad, and we have people, Tyler that show up here and it, it, I, there's nothing passionate about unloading this container and screwing this stage together and putting up the pipe and drape, getting the lights flickering on and off most of the time and lifting the heavy speakers up and then staying after we're all hungry and I preach too long and we want to go to work or we want to go eat and we want to go do this. I, I, no one's passionate about that. But I love that we have people in our church that go, you know what? I'm passionate about serving God. And if serving God means I'm going to get my hands and knees and I'm going to screw this thing together and I'm going to wipe up the floor in here and I'm going to go serving kids where they're crying and fussing sometimes. Like I want people that are passionate about serving God and not passionate about getting recognized for what they're doing. And that's the type of church we want to build. We want to build a church that says, I want to be who God created me to be and I'm going to serve God with passion. The second area I want to look at is Relationships. Uh, how does how does sowing and reaping work in your life, right? How is this going to work in my marriage? How is this going to work with my children? Uh, I want you to hear this crazy statistic real quick. It says this, 90% of the time when a person doesn't flourish in their job, this is real, it's because they have an inability to get along with people. How many of you work with people that can't get along with other people? Come on, raise your hand. Think about them. Just say their name. I'm joking. Don't do that. I live with one. I'm joking. I don't. She's great. I love you, babe. You're the best. You're my whole world. You're beautiful. I think you're great. I'm joking. She is really great. I'm the one that's hard to live with, right? But, but we, 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 we don't flourish because we can't get along with people. So if you really hate your job, by the way, evaluate how you can get along with others. Like I want you to think about that. Relationships are so important. The common seed that we plant is this. If you meet my needs, I'll meet your needs. Quid pro quo for the Latin people in here. Like, hey, we see this in politics all the time, right? Like, well, I'll do that if you can do this. Or I'll, I'll go help, I'll help you move if you promise to help me move. Come on, that's like the ultimate thing, right? Like, if you ask me to help you move, by the way, I know. And when I move, you better be at my house helping me move. That's all I'm saying. Hello. The mic is gone. I hate this thing right now. I got to get some more tape for it. Uh, but uh, if you meet my needs, I'll meet your needs, right? But here's what the Bible teaches us. The seeds of good deeds become a tree of life. A wise person wins friends. This is not about... What you know, I'll do for you whatever you can do for me. I want you to understand this, okay? God's next level for you will come because of the relationships that you sow into. I'm going to say that again, and I want you to hear it. If you want to go to the next level in your walk with God and your life, listen, 
God's next level for you will come because of the relationships that you sow into. God works through people. God uses relationships with people to get you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Almost every time in scripture, he uses people, he uses relationships. You have to think outside of yourself. Write that note. Send that gift card, okay? Say thank you to someone around you, right? Like so into that waiter that you have at lunch today. Watch what happens. If you live life that way, you will have more friends than you can even keep up with. And I, and I just want I want you, I want to say something and don't hear this as me being prideful. It's not me being prideful. I just, I, I'm not good at a lot of things. If you spend more than 10 seconds with me, you will learn how the heck can he do what he does? And it's a miracle. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's a miracle. I'm not smart. I'm not, that's not me. Okay. But I'll tell you one thing I'm great at is this right here. I will sow into relationships all day. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, because I've sown into relationships and I've sown into people for so long, there's never a time where I feel lonely. I just don't really feel lonely a lot of times. There are certain areas of my life where I might feel a little isolated, but for the most part, I, I, even through planning this church, I'm not alone. Uh, and, and God has shown me a lot of favor in my life because of the, the seeds I've planted into other people. Kevin was just with me at the church we used to work at, and I'm telling you, I, I got to enjoy some of the fruit of that. There, there was a guy I met on an airplane, by the way, so this is a fun story. I uh, met this guy on an airplane who wasn't supposed to be on my flight. He sits next to me on the airplane. We start talking. And this guy um, has a beach house in South Carolina. He's got a mountain home in Georgia. And he goes to a church that I'm familiar with. And so we kind of hit it off. And we get off the plane. He was like, here, here's my number. Anytime you want to come stay at my beach house or my mountain house, like you, anytime. So we got to go there this summer and got to spend a week, just Steph and I, at his beach house. And we keep up. He's, he's given to our church some. He's an amazing man. I hope he can be here. He's, he'll be here at some point. Uh, but he called me on our way home from vacation and said, I'm getting married in October and I would love for you to do the wedding. Would you, would you do that? I'm like, I am honored to do that, man. Like that is amazing. And I'm just telling you, it's crazy. That stuff happens to me all the time. Why? Because I sow into people. You've probably gotten a text from me or a note from me, or a gift card from me, or whatever. Uh, why? Because I, I, I see this benefit in my life, and I want you to have that. And, and like, well, I'm not that outgoing. Yeah, you are. Like, it doesn't take much. Just send a text message. Hey, I'm thinking about you today. I'm praying for you. I sent one during worship today to somebody that's struggling right now, and I just, I want to sow into that. Why? Because I know what can happen when that, people have sown into me and made me who I am. And I want to be that for other people. So sow into those relationships. Sow the seeds of good deeds become a tree of life. And a wise person wins friends. We all can have friends if we just sow that. All right, I'm going too long. Money. Let's talk about money for a second. Um, I, this, is a, this is where some of you are going to get a little squirmish, all right? But we're going to talk about it. The fact that the Bible connects this principle of sowing and reaping to money is hard for us sometimes, but it's in the Bible. It's a fact. And, uh, and, and now in the past, the church, I'll admit this, the church has not done a good job of teaching this principle well. Uh, some of you maybe grew up in a church that preached the prosperity gospel and they said, or you've seen the evangelist on TV that's like, oh, I just sense the Lord telling me if you send $28.95, he's going to bless you with $1,000. Or they, they say something like that, reach toward the screen. You know, they're saying these things and, and it's not been done well, okay? But it is a fact that the Bible does teach this principle in finances that if we use money as a seed, it can come back to us in a harvest. The Bible says this, and it's talking about money when it says this. It says, in 2 Corinthians, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously, okay? So not only do we reap what we sow, we reap in proportion to what we sow as well. So that means if you're going to sow one seed, you're going to get one plant. But if I sow a hundred of those same seeds, I'm gonna get a hundred of those plants back plus the fruit, right? So we, we look at this and there's a kingdom principle at play here in your finances, okay? Uh, and the Bible teaches us that. But, uh, but sorry, 
What we, what we want to believe about money, the common seed that we sow is get all that you can and keep all that you can. That's what we want to believe. That's what we sow a lot of times. Like, I'm just going to get, 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 get. I'm going to invest in this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to build my 401k up and I'm going to retire nice. I'm going to do all this and I'm going to, I'm going to get all so I can keep all. But the kingdom seed that we need to sow is God always provides for us so that we can be generous. He always provides for us for the purpose of you being generous. And so if you're in here and you're well off today, you better not think that that is only for you. And I'm not saying it's for our church. I'm not telling you, you have to write a $10,000 check today, but if you wanted to, yes, Lord, we receive it in Jesus name. But I, I'm, I'm telling you this because God gave you that so you can be generous to other people. Man, there, you should be the most generous person. And if you don't have a lot in here, you should be the most generous person. Like, I love that about our church. We are outrageously generous. That's one of our core values. And from day one, we've been generous. We give it. Sometimes it feels a little tight. And you know what? God moves in our hearts, we give. Like the very first service we ever had in person, we had a guy text me the day before. It's like, hey, I hear you're starting a church. I'm starting a church in Galton. Can I come? And bring some of my team. I'm like, I'm trying to get as many people there on launch day as possible. <laughs> Absolutely, sir. Bring everybody you want, right? And so he comes. We were able to bless their church. We've blessed, I mean, probably over a dozen churches over the life of our church so far. And we do that all the time. Another thing that your finances are going to right now um, as we speak is, you know, remember Abu that came here? The, he lives in India. He's a missionary. He's also a doctor now, by the way, like a medical doctor. Um, and he's working in this area of India that is just the most militarized area in the world. And he is trying to preach the gospel there, and he does it through a lot of medical uh, missions work that he does. And uh, there's a, the, a village that they've been trying to get into for a long time, and the government just shut them down there. They can't be in there. And he sent me a text while we were gone last week and told me that um, because they personally haven't been able to take their ministry in there and do medical camps, that there's several moms that have recently had babies and they're not healthy enough to produce milk to feed their babies. And so these moms have been feeding these babies buffalo milk. And Abu hasn't been able to be there to tell them that that's very bad for your baby. And these babies are, have been dying like newborns. And breaks my heart. And he said, if they had formula, like we can send formula over there. We just can't be there. And I said, whatever the formula costs, We'll buy it. Like, don't ever let that be the formula. Okay. And so right now, uh, he's working to find out how much formula they need, how much it's going to cost. And our church is going to send that formula over there so these babies have a shot at living over there. Come on, give God a hand for that. A, that is a seed worth sowing. Because I'll tell you, some of these babies are going to grow up and Abu's ministry is going to meet them in that village one day and they're going to come to know Jesus and that world's going to radically change and us sowing a little seed of formula is just going to, I believe, going to bust open that region. And so I'm telling you right now, God is going to honor generosity every single time. It says this in 2 Corinthians, and God is able to bless you abundantly. Say abundantly. He's able to bless you. He blesses your finances so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God has a good work for you. And so here's the kingdom seed we need to sow. God always provides for us so that we can be generous. Sow that seed. Be generous and watch what God does. The next thing I'm going to talk about, we're wrapping up. My word, I've been preaching too long. You got to help me, babe. I can't be preaching this long every single week. I'm sorry. Y'all stick with me. I'll be done by kickoff, okay? Uh, maybe. I'm taking y'all to the dance competition with me. All right, here's the next area, the last area I want to talk about. How, how does this look in our everyday life? I want to look at our pain. When challenging things come our way or when bad things happen to us, I want to talk about that for a second. I'm trying to talk about real life stuff here. And I know a lot of you have experienced pain. You've experienced loss. And pain always will come your way. I just want you to know that as your pastor, I want you to be ready. Pain's always going to come your way. And the common seed that we're taught to sow is we think, where was God when that happened? Where was God when that happened when I was a little girl? 
Where was God when that happened at my old church? Where was God uh, when she left me? Where was God when my kid decided to walk away from faith? Where was God when he was cheating on me? Where was God when I prayed for that miracle of healing and it didn't come and my father died of cancer? Where's God? And if we're not careful, and listen, it's okay to ask big questions of God, by the way. But if we're not careful, that thought can turn into something that we don't like later. And so pain can either make the ground in your garden hard or it can till it up to make it the perfect environment for God to do something amazing in your life. And I, I want to be sensitive to what's happened to you because some of this stuff, you might be reaping a harvest of something that you didn't plant because of something that was done to you. Because the positive aspect of that is true, the negative aspect of that is also true. And uh, actually, there, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, this revolutionized the farming industry. There was a plow that was invented, and it changed agriculture forever. Because this plow actually had a curve built into it. And so instead of just digging into the soil a little bit, it would dig into soil, and it would actually turn over the soft soil underneath and put it on top so that you could finally harvest or finally plant into soft ground. So where ground was once hard, it would turn it over to where you could plant into a soft ground so that something could grow. And I would submit to you that you have a couple of ways to look at the trouble in your life. You can think that God's abandoned you and that will make your ground harder. Okay, you can think that but it will make the ground that you're trying to sow into a lot harder. Or you can sow this seed. And it says this, you may go out weeping, but you'll return with shouts of joy if you just keep sowing good seed. It says this in Psalm 126. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them, carrying the harvest with them. Your test can turn into a testimony. I know that's an old preacher cliche, but it is true. Whatever the hardest thing you've ever faced in your life, God wants to use as a platform to teach others that he can work through anything, even your worst pain. So your greatest area of pain can become your greatest area of ministry and serving if you plant the right seed in the right soil. And the last question that we're going to talk about is this. So, so we talked about why don't people do it if they know it? How does this look in my everyday life? The last question is, what happens when we approach, uh, what happens when our approach to the seed is tested? All right, what happens when our approach to the seed is tested? And I'm not talking about the seed being like challenged, tested, but when the rubber meets the road and your harvest, the seeds you've planted start to grow, what are we gonna see that you've been planting? It's gonna be tested. We're all gonna see it. So there's a day coming where the seeds that you're sowing now and the seeds that you've sown before are gonna grow into a harvest. And we're gonna be able to see the seeds you've been planting. And for some of us, we're not gonna like what we see. Some of you that struggle with anger in here, like me, that's a struggle for me. And you get mad at your kids a lot and you yell at them and you say things to them that you don't mean and you, you're always frustrated, you always have that tone with them. And all of a sudden they get a little older and they turn into teenagers and they start being that times 10. Come on somebody, y'all know what I'm talking about. You're reaping the harvest of the seeds that you planted. I don't know about you, I don't want that for my kids. I, I don't, uh, maybe for you, you come from a family. Now listen to this. You, sometimes you reap the harvest of something you didn't plant, good and bad, okay? Some of you, you come from broken generations. Your great-grandparents were divorced. Grandparents got divorced. Your, your parents got divorced. And now that's all you know. And there's a generational sin component, by the way, that's being passed down to you. And if you don't want to end up that way, then start sowing a different seed than the generations before you sowed. So instead of getting defensive when your spouse points something out to you, how about you take a, a bite of humble pie, humble yourselves, listen, 
and learn how to communicate with each other so that you can break the cycle of that and you can start planting good seeds into your kids, good seeds into your marriage. And you can change, by the way, I want you to let you know, you can change the past of your entire family by just sowing the right seed right now. Because there's a, there's a point where it's gonna get tested. And we're gonna see what we've been planning. And I wanna remind you, if you don't like what you're harvesting, you need to change what you've been planting. If you don't like what you're harvesting, you need to change what you've been planting. Have you ever noticed this with old, older people uh, especially? And I'm not making fun of old people, but I love old people. If you're an old person in this room, thank you for being here. I'm excited you're here. But there's something that you guys do that can be frustrating to us younger folk, okay? I just want to let you know what it is. I want you to just listen. As your pastor, just hear this, all right? You get real worked up with this sometimes, all right? I just want to let you know. You get, like, real serious. How many of you have a, a grandparent in here? And if their grandparent's in the room, do not raise your hand, all right? But you have a grandparent in here that they start to tell you something like, they get real excited about it. Like, listen, you need to start losing weight or you're gonna have a heart attack like Uncle Jerry did, right? And they start, they get real serious with you. And it's like, grandma, I'm just trying to enjoy Christmas dinner right now. And you're coming at me with that. Like, come on, like they get real worked up about stuff. And the reason they do that though, in all seriousness, is because they've harvested the seeds that you're planting right now and they know that it's not worth it. And so they, 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 get, they get real serious because they're like, no, 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 if you could just not make the mistakes that I made, I will save you a heap of trouble when you start harvesting the seeds that you're planting right now. That's why, listen to me, it's important for you to get in a group because people have already planted the seeds you've been planting, they've already harvested the seeds that they've planted, and they've had a lot of heartache. And you need to hear their story. And you need to understand how they changed and how they have a great marriage and how they are godly dads and how they are amazing women of God. You need to see those things. You need to learn from their mistakes. I love the McNeils and they're some of our closest friends. They're so generous with their home and with their time. And like they have people over all the time and they host like a hundred of our groups that we have at the church. But one thing I see in them is I see their amazing marriage. And I know that it's like that because I've invited Matt to come do things with me on Thursday nights and he always tells me no. Why do you tell me no on Thursdays, Matt? Date night, date night baby. He ain't missing date night. And I tell you, I could say, I got a million dollars for you if you just come with me. He's like, I don't care. We're going to date night. We're going to Rosie's baby and we're going to hang out. We're going to have some fun. And I love that about them because if you've ever been to their marriage group, they have so much wisdom to offer because they've been there. And you, I'm telling you, if, you're, if your marriage is struggling a little bit or it's not, get in their group. Let them reap off of their harvest a little bit because they have put in the work to get to where they are. And they're amazing parents, they're an amazing couple, and you need that in your life. You need other people in your life to help you with that. And so you, you get in that, find the wisdom that someone else has for you so that when your crops are tested, man, you're gonna harvest something that you like. All right, let's bow for prayer. <clears throat> I know as I'm talking, I'm talking to people in here right now that do not like the harvest that they're receiving right now. It's hard for you. And I would just want it, no one's looking but me, all right? I want, to, I want you to recognize that today, that it's okay to, to not like the harvest you're receiving right now. But if that's you, I really wanna pray for you today because here's what I know. God wants to give you a new harvest. But it's not going to come in the form of a harvest. It's going to come in the form of a bunch of seeds. And we got to get to planting. And so if you're in here and you would just be honest and say, hey, there's a harvest in my life that I don't like right now. Would you, Clint, would you just pray for me? If that's you, just raise your hand in here. Be honest. Come on, raise your hand. Don't be shy. Come on, I know there's more. If you have a harvest in your life and you don't like it, it's okay. Be honest. God, you see these hands. You know exactly what they're going through. And I believe your heart hurts for them because you know what their life could be. 
And so God, where we are reaping a harvest in an area that we don't like, God, I pray that you would, you would kill that crop in Jesus' name. If it's generational, in the name of Jesus, God, we, we establish today a new way of doing life for our family. And God, I pray that you would begin to give us the seeds that we need to sow so that we can eventually see the harvest that you really have for us. So help us now, God, identify what those seeds are that we need to sow and help us plant them in the right soil, in the right environment so that we can see the harvest that you want us to have. And in here, um, there might be someone or there might be some people that have never given their life to Jesus and you've never taken the seed of Jesus and planted him into your heart. And I wanna tell you, that's where this all starts. And so if today you want to give your life to Jesus and you want to plant that seed in your life, I want to give you that opportunity. So on the count of three, if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand and say, hey, I'm ready to make that decision today to, to plant Jesus into my heart and invite him into my life for the first time. And if that's you, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond. And so on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three, if that's you. All right, put your hands down and I want you just to say this prayer in your heart. Say, God, I need you. I thank you for what Jesus did for me for dying on the cross, for paying for my sins, coming back to life. And I invite him in and I make him the Lord of my life. And in the best way I know how, I will live for you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Come on, give God a hand, everybody, for what he's done.